How we doing? We're live. Feeling like fucking Tommy DeVito out here. I can't believe that man won a uh, an NFL football game. It's incredible. We're going to recap it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to yap about it. We're going to yap about everything that happened in week 11 of the NFL season because that's what we do here every single Monday. We're on 2 p.m. Eastern time. I come right here. I sit at this desk and I yell at you with this mouth for about an hour. We go game by game, game by game, talking about everything that happened yesterday as it relates to NFL, but more importantly, your fantasy football teams. We had a great fantasy day yesterday. I think we, I think we swept, swept our leagues and we are pushing rapidly into the playoffs. So we'll sit here. We'll hang out for a bit while the, uh, while the crowd starts to roll in, remember if at any point you're like, man, I don't hate what this guy's saying, you can hit the thumbs up button. I would greatly appreciate that. Let's me know that you want me to continuously come back and make these videos for you and stream for y'all, okay? Because this takes a long time. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of yelling, all of it. Austin asks, what's good with our Falcons, man? Nothing. Except, except if we win... On Sunday, we're in first place in the NFC South, baby. First place in the NFC South, baby. Everybody knows we got to tuck the shirts in. Tuck them. Hi. Oh, we're going to go game by game. Y'all know the deal. All right, let's jump in. Uh, I do want to start with the injuries, though. This is something a little bit newer here. I don't normally start with the injuries. I kind of talk about them as the video progresses. But we're actually going to start with the injuries here, all right? Because Deepak Chona, who is a really good Twitter follow, he um, he's you know just one of the doctors, one of the many doctors out here that does fantasy football analysis for the players that get injured on Sundays. Let me make this a little bit bigger. Move me over. We're going to get it right. So he puts together a thread pretty much each week of uh, all the injuries that happen. So they are easily digestible for y'all. And rather than me yapping about them and, and making up things and being a fake doctor, I'm only technically a doctor. I'll let a real MD out here uh, spit a little bit. So we got Cooper Cup. Video suggests a low ankle. Most wide receivers would play week 12 without performance hit, but moderate to re-injury risk. He's starting to pile up the injuries. However, this one looks a little bit less severe than some people might be uh, making it out to be. So there are no real long-term effects. It might just be the effect of like this injury after the next one, after the next one starts to pile up and, and become uh, fucking annoying. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't seem like there is any risk of him playing going forward. Seems to be the, the same with Devon Achan. Uh, I think one of the problems with this upcoming week, do not forget week 12 is Thanksgiving week. So we've got three games on Thursday and we have a game on Friday for Black Friday, which is the Dolphins and the Jets. Let's actually go to week 12 real quick so we can hit it. I believe there are no bye weeks. So there are no teams on bye in week 12. There's the Packers and the Lions on Thanksgiving. There's the Commanders and the Cowboys and there are the Niners and the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. And then they are doing the Dolphins at New York, New Jersey, um, 
on Black Friday, which is kind of cool. I, I would be fine with them putting a fucking NFL game out every single day. Eh, eh, maybe not every day, but I don't mind like when COVID was happening and they had games randomly on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I was kind of about that shit. That was, it was it was kind of fun. It's a really good way to break up your week. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the more game days, the better, in my opinion. I don't know why they don't just just keep just fucking let the momentum run and have a Saturday game. Have two Saturday games. Have the Saints Falcons be primetime. Look at that. We're fucking favored. Are you serious? We are favored after we win this game. We're first place in the NFC South. If you had to put the over under on how many times I'm going to say that in this video, I put it at a zillion. But fuck it. If we win, if we beat the Saints this week, or first place in the NFC South, motherfuckers. So when we go back to the injuries, that's one of the key things here, right? When we have a guy like Devon Achan where it doesn't seem serious, however, they play on Friday. So the likelihood of him coming back for this upcoming week diminishes a little bit because those extra two days of rest are important. And if he is less than 100%, then it obviously affects his speed, his cutting, all that kind of sheesh. So Raheem Mostert remains a big-time uh, start for everybody going forward at least for the uh, immediate future. Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, uh, he strained his oblique, I believe. He was, like, running on a play and, like, started to hold it midway through the run. He says average equals one week out. Data favors missing week 12 since it's Thursday. Again, he plays uh, on, on Thanksgiving night against the 49ers. So that's a tough matchup. And I will say if Kenneth Walker misses significant time, which it does not seem to be the case here, uh, according to Deepak, Zach Charbonnet's schedule is so difficult. It's, um, I think it's like the Niners, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles, like legitimately the toughest stretch of defenses that you could really have in the NFL. So Charbonnet would obviously be, I mean, he, you're starting him, of course, on Thanksgiving if Kenneth Walker's not going, but like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Packers, Aaron Jones, this one was kind of shit -hey. I'm in a league right now where I'm about to be on a four-game win streak. And like be right on the cusp of, of getting into the playoffs. And I'm down my I'm down to Sean Watson, Aaron Jones, Dallas Goddard, like my QB one, my RB one, my tight end one. I just traded Tyler Lockett to get um Jerome Ford and Keaton Mitchell. It's a full PPR league. I need a running back help with Aaron Jones being dead. So this is not great. Uh he has a moderate to severe MCL sprain, the way it looked when it happened felt very very severe you know what i'm saying like it looked like he was in a ton of pain maybe acl maybe something like that but mcl sprain you can come back from um he could miss anywhere from like a week to uh four ish weeks from what i've gathered and what i've seen uh, again they play on thursday they play on thanksgiving here packers versus lions are the first game so realistically he's got about three days to recover from this so Super duper 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 unlikely that he plays on Thanksgiving and it's going to be AJ Dillon's backfield. Their other running back, Emmanuel Wilson, I think fucked his stuff up this this Sunday as well. So it'll really be all AJ Dillon for the most part. Trevor Lawrence, uh, I'm not really even sure why he's on here. He went crazy yesterday and uh, he looks fine. Geno Smith, video suggests elbow contusion, big hit, but no major bend. So low concern for ligament long term issue. However, again, they play every fucking injury was to the guy that plays on Thursday. This is kind of crazy. Um, he wanted to play. He wanted to get back in there. Drew Locke looked terrible, so hopefully he can get back by Thursday. Uh, if he is not back by Thursday, I'm not really suggesting starting Drew Locke against the Niners, even in the Superflex League. All of the receivers 
on that team would take a major hit. Joey Bosa suffered probably a serious injury. Emmanuel Wilson, like I said, probably uh, out for the foreseeable future. Deonta Foreman, video suggests re-aggravation of ankle sprain. If actively 12, data would favor decreased workload. So Khalil Herbert was finally back. They split carries. This would you know, open the doorway for Khalil Herbert to become the starter again if Foreman were to miss time. Dallas Goddard expecting return week 14. All right, these are not injuries from this week. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, you have basically every team playing on Thanksgiving with injured players. But we'll do that each week going forward, just wrapping up all of the uh, injuries for the week and kind of cover them again once we jump into the games. We will start with Thursday Night Football because these were uh, this was just an injury plague game. Obviously, Joe Burrow is out for the year. Mark Jackson got a little twisted up, came back in. Odell got twisted up, came back in. Mark Andrews got twisted up, did not come back in. So it seems like uh, Andrews and Joe Burrow are going to be out for the remainder of the season. Maybe Andrews comes back for the playoffs or something like that, but very, 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 very doubtful at this point. So the Bengals are going to have to lean on Jake Browning. They are 5-5 five and five right now. Um, Burrow going out is uh i mean it's brutal right it's brutal for this team because they have a window to really go after the super bowl and obviously it depends on joe burrow remaining healthy each year that passes though it becomes more and more difficult to close that window or i guess keep the window open and slide through the window right because maybe this offseason t higgins becomes a panther or something like that right and that buries your chances a little bit and you got to start over in the backfield because Joe Mixon can't be there for much longer. They're not just going to keep fucking giving him money to, to be a cloud of fucking meatballs back there. So unfortunate, uh, unfortunate loss for the Bengals, of course. And, you know, with Burrow out, we look at this guy in the same light that we look at Garrett Wilson in the same light that we look at Terry McLaurin. It's like awesome, great, talented players could have big games. But we're going to see a lot of inconsistency down the stretch. So Jamar Chase drops to and I'd put Jamar Chase above those guys because I think he's more talented. But you can't really look at him as anything more than flirting with that wide receiver. One status probably more closer to like top 15 with Jake Browning at QB. So, um, so that stinks. On the flip side with Mark Andrews out, this offense is going to have to spread it around a little bit more. Odell had a big game for for 116, and this is kind of like, I guess, back-to-back big games, back-to-back good fantasy games, I guess I would say, because um, he had that 40-yard touchdown last week. But, again, that's that was like that was the only thing he did. But I would, I would assume that he's going to become a bigger part of this offense now. They're going to need to lean on Zay Flowers more. The big beneficiary is probably Isaiah Likely. Now, Isaiah Likely went crazy last year when Mark Andrews missed time. However, we had week one this year when Mark Andrews did not play. Isaiah likely didn't do shit. Uh, and then in this game, when Mark Andrews went out, Isaiah likely didn't do shit. So where is he? Who is he? Is he the guy that we saw last year? Is he the guy that we've been seeing this year? It's hard to tell. He's probably somewhere in between. I'm not going to like overreact to a one and a quarter game sample size of this year. I think likely is probably a uh, a borderline tight end one. Like you're not playing him over dudes like Kincaid or Trey McBride or even like Evan Ingram and probably even David Njoku, the way he's getting targeted with DTR. But I'd probably play him over the dudes like Kate Otten in, in, in that tier, you know, despite how he's been playing. So um, Isaiah Likely is a good pickup this week on the waiver wire, but, you know, uh, I, w- I wish we had seen a little bit more from him this year to be a little bit more confident. In the backfield, though, we did see uh, Keaton Mitchell completely phase out Justice Hill, which is 
completely unsurprising. Like, that was only a matter of time. Keaton Mitchell's been way more explosive. But Gus Edwards, man, continues to fucking eat back there. Two more touchdowns in this one. Um, Keaton Mitchell, he's hard to play, man. He he, he is tough to play right now just because the workload is inconsistent. If he's not making a massive big play touchdown, you don't really know what you're getting from him. So keep playing Gus. The Steelers and the Browns, this was a shit show. DTR got a win but didn't do much else. Um, The biggest beneficiary are these receivers that don't travel more than four yards away from the line of scrimmage. David Njoku was fucking horrendous in this game. That dude was dropping everything. No matter what came his way, he he didn't want it. He was going out of his way to to fucking bat passes away. I don't know if I've seen a performance quite like that since Kadarius Tony in week one. Um, ended up seven for 56 because he had 15 fucking targets. Yards per target was like four. Four yards per target. So bad. But, again, DTR does not throw the ball down the field whatsoever. So guys like Elijah Moore, who were getting a ton of targets by the line of scrimmage with Watson, are now the ones that seem to be, like, uh, you know, super involved. I, I'm not taking a one-game sample size and stretching it out and being like, I want Elijah Moore more than Amari Cooper. Definitely not. But I think it's something worth uh, looking at, especially a DTR threw the ball 43 times in this game. They were not afraid to let him drop back. He threw one interception, which wasn't really his fault. It was deflection, I believe. And he got sacked one time. So he, like, took care of the ball for the most part, but didn't really make plays. They're going to need to, you know, get uh, a little bit more juice in the offense. He has named the start already going forward. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. Ford, it was nice to see him get, you know, the, the touchdown score over Hunt for the first time in a while. But both of them with DTR under center, probably more, you know, closer to the flex RB3 spot than RB2. I, I do like Ford over Hunt, but... um Hard to have confidence in the offense altogether. On the flip side, I mean, this is what we're here to talk about. This man is who we are here to talk about. Jalen fucking Warren, man. Nine carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught three passes for 16 yards. He had the 74-yard scamper. But, man, do not let that – do not look at that and say, like, that's the only thing he did. Even if you take that out, he's still, like, eight for 45 on the ground. Every time that man touches the ball, it's like he's fighting for his life. It's like the rent is fucking due. The rent is due every time this man touches the ball. He thinks that if he does not rip off a sports center top 10 play, the next time he touches the ball, he's getting cut. That's the kind of hunger you have as an undrafted free agent. The only hunger Najee Harris has is fucking dinner time, brother. First round pick, this dude, all he does is rip off two-yard carries. He is such a negative to this fucking team. The fact that Jalen Warren is still getting underserved to Najee Harris, I don't understand how Matt Canada is still there. I don't understand how anyone that has any sort of input to what's going on in the offense in Pittsburgh is still having input into the offense going on in Pittsburgh. Jalen Warren, legitimately, when you watch him play, he looks like the second coming of Austin Eckler. This reminds me of when Eckler and Melvin Gordon were together in the Chargers backfield that seems like forever ago for those y'all that are new to football those y'all that are new to fantasy football Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon together in the Chargers backfield was fucking awesome good times that feels like it was a century ago we currently have the modern day duo of that backfield Najee Harris is way worse than Melvin Gordon was Melvin Gordon was actually really 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 good in his prime for the Chargers but Eckler was like this buried guy that was used on third downs, guy that was used eight times a game or whatever. Melvin Gordon held out 
Austin Eckler became a superstar. It's what we're seeing with Jalen Warren. Najee Harris twists his ankle or whatever out two weeks. Jalen Warren probably becomes a superstar. That man is so fun to watch. Every goddamn dot, every time he touches the ball, it's a goddamn highlight reel. You got they got to stop playing themselves, man. They have to stop playing around and get this man the fucking ball. Like, how do you watch this film? How do you even look at a goddamn box score like this? Look at this. Every time Jalen Warren touched the ball, it was five times more valuable than Najee Harris touching the ball. What are we doing here? What in the fuck are we doing? Jalen Warren's awesome, brother. He is a must-start going forward every single week. I don't. You got nothing else to say about it. Lions and the Bears. Good to see Fields back. He he looked good. Uh, 170 through the air and a touchdown. Also ran the ball 18 times for 104 yards. So what I heard, what I saw was apparently. Only like five of these runs, I believe, were scrambles, which means the Chicago Bears offense ran up a tab of 12 to 13 scrambles for this man, Justin Fields. You remember in the beginning of the year, he was getting like two designed runs or sorry, uh, designed runs, I should say, designed 12 to 13 designed runs for Justin Fields. The beginning of the year, he was getting like two, three max per game. If this is going to be part of their offense, expect him to be a fantasy god once again. So, love to see it from Fields. That DJ Moore connection goes right back into its fucking holster where it was before to be pulled out and yapped all over their opponents. You know, Detroit won because they're a much better team, and that's what happens when you continue to give them fucking chances. They continue to play well. Good split between Gibbs and Monty. Both of them ended up getting home. Once again, this is what we're going to expect going forward, man. Monty on the goal line, Monty scoring touchdowns, Jameer Gibbs making big plays, also scoring touchdowns, catching passes, et cetera, et cetera. We did see a season high for Jameson Williams in terms of route participation. He ran a route on like 66% of routes, I believe, which is kind of nice. We're starting to see him jump over Josh Reynolds a little bit. Maybe he gets more and more involved going forward. That would be a nice dynamic piece of this offense to really blow this bitch up, but they're 8-2, man. They're looking as impressive as just about any team in the NFL. Uh, the backfield for Chicago – Khalil Herbert, first game back. Deonta Foreman twists his ankle. Um, it is apparently a re-aggravation. You know, we kind of already talked about this at the front of the video, so you can go back and uh, see what we had to say about that. But if Deonta Foreman misses time, Khalil Herbert seems to be the guy. I'm not doing the Roshan Johnson thing again. I never really did. Y'all did that over and over again, but I would suggest just not doing that again. Packers, Chargers, I don't know what else to say about the Chargers. They, they're just They're just not great. They're just not great. They can they could just never put it together. They are just the what if team. They are just the oh if this happened team. Oh this thing broke right. If that thing broke right. If Eckler didn't fumble. If this guy didn't drop all these passes. I mean true, true, true. But eventually, like you can't just keep saying that every fucking week, man. You just can't say it every goddamn week. Grow up. A uh, few takeaways here. Austin Eckler. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that one breakaway run he had. If you want to call it that, he got to the sideline, like picked the perfect hole, bounced it outside, and then was running like he was Larry Roundtree, brother. I thought it was Larry Roundtree. I thought it was Larry fucking Roundtree. He got caught from behind. I don't even want to call it behind because I don't even know if he got ahead of any of the defenders. It, it looked bad. He, I think he's still ailing from that high ankle sprain, man. I don't think he's over it because he has not looked great. That run alone 
made me want to sell Eckler and Dynasty, brother. I'm not like normally a super reactionary person like that, but the run of him getting chased down made me feel like, all right, the age apex is here for Mr. Eckler. Um, so hopefully better days ahead. Hopefully better days ahead for this offense. Keenan Allen keeps eating. Keenan Allen kept dropping passes. There were like th- uh, there were two individual times where Keenan Allen dropped wide open passes that I was like, God damn it, Quentin Johnson. I thought it was him. It's how bad it looked. I was like, I, I just assumed it had to have been Johnson. But Johnson did his own dropping uh, of that long pass at the end. Perfect fucking seed from Herbert down the sideline. Would have been a massive play. Would have probably won them the game. But Johnson just drops it. That that he is just a tragedy right now. He's just a tragedy of a first round pick. Considering all the talented receivers in this class, that is who they take. You got Zay Flowers. You got JSN. You've got Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, Josh Downs, Jane Reed, Puka Nakua, Dalton Kincaid. Like you have Sam Laporte. Like the the list goes on and on and on and on and on of uh, of of good players in this draft class. That like it was almost hard to miss. It was hard to miss, and the Chargers did it in in, in impressive fashion. Um, so it's it's just not great over there. We'll see if they make coaching changes. If Gerald Everett's out again, Donald Parham's like a decent fantasy tight end. You know, just to get back to the fantasy world here, but it's not good. On the flip side, Jordan Love put together back to back good games against the Chargers and the Steelers. So I don't want to go crazy, but they do get a nice matchup. Uh, against the who the fuck did they play next week? I was just working on my waiver wire rankings for tomorrow. So if y'all are not big dog members, you can go sign up on bdge.co. You get all of my waiver wire rankings, our weekly rankings to help you with your sit starts. Yeah, you get the Detroit Lions, who the defense has been super sus. Great team, great team, but super sus defense right now. I think Jordan Love is super startable. Uh, right now he's never been like terrible for fantasy he's just been kind of shitty for real life but he ends up like getting it done for the most part the biggest takeaway here is Aaron Jones again we already talked about his injury he seems like he's probably going to be signed sidelined for multiple weeks two at the best or I guess one at the best but like most likely two weeks upwards of four-ish weeks Dolphins Raiders they just couldn't get it going here um this is what the Raiders offense is is most likely going to look like. Good games from Devontae Adams. A lot of work for Josh Jacobs does not always end up being good games. Jacoby Myers has kind of been uh, absolutely just shithoused since Antonio Pierce and Aiden O'Connell have taken over. Michael Mayer's been pretty involved. He's running like 65% of the routes there, uh, way over Austin Hooper. So he's like someone to keep an eye on if you're super desperate in tight end premium league, but it's gross. On the flip side, Miami, uh, Tyreek Hill banged up his hand, came back in the game, had a huge game. Jalen Waddell just, I guess, is what he is at this point. Um, you continue to start him just because he's Jalen Waddell and he's attached to Tua and this Miami offense, but just just looking more and more like a bust of a pick this year, unfortunately. Uh, Rushing-wise, Devon H. and we're just kind of waiting on news. They play on Friday, probably without him this week, but apparently it's really, really not that serious of an injury. It's not that serious of a long-term issue, so he might play. And if he does play, I'll probably push him down a peg, maybe like low-end RB2. If he doesn't play, I'll be fine playing him the week after that. But Raheem Mostert's a a must-start either way. Giants, shout-out to Tommy DeVito. I don't know how he did it, but he done did it. And Saquon Barkley did the goddamn thing. Ended up as the RB1 on the week because he caught two touchdown passes. But let's not – let's relax. Washington's defense is, is also a fucking tragedy. 
31, 29, 17. That's to the Patriots. 38 points. Like they are just donating points to the opposite team. Uh, Antonio Gibson was out for this game, which led to just an insane workload for Brian Robinson. 17 for 73 on the ground, 7 for 58 through the air. If Antonio Gibson continues to miss time with his toe injury, if it's like turf toe, it's kind of serious. Gibson's going to be a top 10 running back easily rest of season. Cowboys Panthers didn't really need to do much here. Nothing much to talk about. Uh, they just kind of took their foot off the pedal because they sacked Bryce Young seven times and Bryce Young's team put up 10 points. So, um, yeah, I I mean, you're starting Adam Thielen again. This is probably what you're going to expect. I, I, those huge games have really kind of like come down a pinch, but um, – both running backs are unstartable right now because they're in a complete split between Chuba and Miles Sanders. 10 carries for Chuba, 11 for Miles Sanders. Don't want to start either of them. I think Chuba might have got banged up in this game a little bit. That could be what we saw with the split, but I haven't really heard much after that. Either way, you know, Thielen's really the only startable player here. Jags and Titans. The Titans have looked atrocious as well. Derrick Henry is really struggling since Will Levis took over. I thought it was going to be good. I thought it was going to mean good things. I thought this off this offense against the Falcons, somehow Will Levis looks like fucking Joe Namath. He looks like goddamn Steve Young. Looks like Dan Marino in his fucking prime against the Falcons. Of course he does that shit. And then he looks like Tommy DeVito against every other goddamn opponent. They had one flea flicker that ended up being the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. Otherwise, they didn't get a single thing going. Um, Derrick Henry, like he's still startable, of course, because he's Derrick Henry, but... He don't have the juice like he used to, and this offense has no juice. They are juiceless. They are out of juice. They need to go to the supermarket and get juice. And Derrick Henry is like a um, he's like a plant that needs watering right now, and uh, the fridge is just out of liquids at the moment. So he's like more of a lower end RB two at this point. On the flip side, T Law had a great fucking game. Like. I don't know. People are going to make way too big of a deal out of this as if like T-Law was, you know, a bottom five quarterback. Wow. He threw 262, two touchdowns. I know he, he great, huge game, huge game. These games are going to happen with T-Law, but we've also seen wild inconsistency all year. He's on pace for like 20 touchdowns this year. So let's not act like he's back to being an elite quarterback or anything like that. I think he just is what he is still at this point. Um, overall, though, great game. Calvin Ridley, huge game. I'm going to chalk it up to Zay Jones being back. Literally, it's insane. But if you look at the splits, if you look at the fucking splits on games where Zay Jones is playing versus when he's not playing, Calvin Ridley fucking eats. And I, like, I know it's like a joke. It's kind of like a bit at this point. But I started looking at some goddamn like targets, man. And I'm, I'm looking at these Jacksonville Jaguars receivers. And I'm trying to make sense out of it. And... I'm looking at Zay Jones, and I'm like, all right, he's back. He's running 77% of the routes. So, like, I want to pick him back up. His average depth of target in this one was four yards. He had a 5% air yard share. So they are, like, utilizing him really only to suck up targets that are useless. So maybe there is some practicality behind the idea that with Zay Jones back in the lineup, it opens up better targets for Calvin Ridley. Although, just, like, let him fucking run those routes regardless. Why does it? Why do you need to wait for Zay Jones? Why do you need for wait for the convict to get onto the field to, for Calvin really to do that? I don't know. It just seems like a lucky game. Whatever. 49ers and the Buccaneers. Rashad White gets home. 
uh, gets into the end zone, has another relatively big day in the passing game, six catches, 28 yards. Everyone else kind of struggled. Mike Evans did end up getting into the end zone, five for 43 and a touchdown. Chris Godwin continues to be a fucking cone. He's a cone. He can't do a goddamn thing. He's unstartable. Uh, San Francisco just lights out game. Purdy with a borderline perfect game. A perfect passer rating, 158.3, 21 of 25, 333 passing yards, three touchdowns, 13.3 yards per attempt. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better quarterback performance on the season than Brock Purdy in this one. Just playing on rookie mode. Playing on rookie mode. Brandon Ayuk, 5 for 156 in a touchdown. George Kittle, 8 for 89 in a touchdown. Kittle's been balling. The last month of the season, Kittle's been going crazy in fantasy. If you have him, you know. You know. Debo first game back, 3 for 63. We'll see. We'll see uh, how healthy he is. We'll see if like that Kittle versus Debo kind of um, split there is sticky in any manner. Because a lot of the times when, when Debo plays, Kittle tends to not have big games, and we've seen Debo be out, and Kittle's kind of exploding. But we also saw this down the stretch last year. Over the last eight games with Purdy being the starter, like Kittle scored six or seven touchdowns. So hopefully we can kind of can just continue this into the um, into the fantasy playoffs. Bills took a shit on the Jets' chest. Just an absolutely disgusting performance. They, Tim Boyle was announced the starter. Do you understand how bad you got to be as a QB to have Tim Boyle start over you? Tim Boyle? Come on, fam. Tim fucking Boyle? I don't know. That sounds like that sounds like a kid in elementary school that that would get lice and your mom would tell you about it after school or something. Like you come home and be like, your mom would be like, stay away from Tim Boyle. I heard he got him and his sisters got lice. Tim Boyle? What are we doing? And it's killing Brees Hall. I mean, it's killing every skill player. I was really excited for Brees Hall because I really thought he was just going to be breaking out big plays left and right, but... Their offense is immovable. It's it's like it's insane when you watch Zach Wilson play. It, it's almost like you get this. It, it's like him scrambling out of the pocket and losing two yards while running out of bounds feels like a positive play. Like if he didn't get sacked, strip sacked, fumble, or thrown interception, it's a positive play. An incomplete pass that does not almost get picked off is a positive play. Him just running out of bounds, positive play. It's so bad out there in New York, man. It's so bad. That's probably why Aaron Rodgers said that he was going to return in week 16 if they were close to the playoffs because he knew goddamn well they were not getting into the playoffs with Zach Wilson at the quarterback. Josh Allen, big bounce back day. Uh, James Cook, big day. You love to see the way that he was used in the passing game. Um, Khalil Shakir had a huge play, 81-yard touchdown, just an absolute seed across the middle from Josh Allen. That was great. Khalil Shakir has been really inconsistent, though, so like three for 115. That shit ain't happening. If he didn't catch that ball, he's two for what, 30? Um, nice usage day for Dalton Kincaid again. I will. I like. I wonder when Dawson Knox is going to come back. I do wonder what kind of bullshit they're going to pull with Dalton Kincaid. I feel like it's going to go back to what we saw the first eight weeks of the season. I'm praying it's not because he's been so good and so useful. But like, I wouldn't say I'm super confident. So was the first first game with Joe Brady as the OC. So it seems as if like they are taking what the defense is giving them. You know, using a ton of those like dump offs to t- like Ty Johnson caught three balls, James Cook th- caught three balls. Um, a lot of the production is coming by way of like easy dump off passes. And 
you know, Josh Allen after the game press conference was talking about like, I, I got to make sure that I just continue to stay locked in and, and not get bored of like throwing to the running backs and, and dumping the ball off. So I feel like that was um, a little bit of an unlock game for him and, and, and them ultimately to score 32 points on, on the New York Jets. Uh, really good defense, obviously. Like that, that seems like it could be a cons- consistent theme going forward, like getting these running backs super, super involved. I, I don't know why they signed Leonard Fournette. I have no idea why they brought him on when they when they were using Latavius Murray and James Cook and now Ty Johnson over him. Uh, I, I don't understand what the point of that was. Ram Seahawks. Uh, Geno got banged up, so Drew Locke had to come in, and everything kind of just went down to shit. Unfortunately, uh, Kenneth Walker again. We already talked about the injuries in this game. Those were probably the biggest takeaways going forward. Zach Charbonnet is, of course, a must-start player if um, – if Kenneth Walker misses time, misses the Thanksgiving Day game, I don't care if they're playing against 49ers, you're still starting Zach Charbonnet for sure. This is the reason you held on to him for so long. This is the reason that you've used Fab on him for so long uh, he, for this fucking moment. If Kenneth Walker misses time, it's Zach Charbonnet time. Six targets in this one, so very involved in the passing game. Matt Stafford returns. Didn't really look like himself, to be honest. He didn't look great. 6.1 yards per attempt, a buck 90 and a touchdown with an interception. Royce Freeman took over the role, but Kyron Williams should be back next week. Um, Royce Freeman's playing pretty well, though. I do think it'll be the Kyron Williams show again once he's back on the field and healthy for him. So I'm kind of excited if I own him for him to be back because I don't think either of these guys has really seized the role in any sort of capacity because Freeman's getting the run, but Daryl Henderson's catching the passes. So it's like Kyron Williams kind of did both things while he was there. And I feel like uh, McVay likes to use one guy. He likes to trust one guy when he does trust one guy. Puka, nice to have a good game. Five for 70 in the touchdown. Not making like the huge plays. Cooper Cup got banged up, which probably led to some of the production. If Cooper Cup misses time, uh, then Puka is obviously a top 10 option. I mean, listen, are we, we going to be mad about five or 70 in a touchdown from a guy you drafted in the 14th round? Absolutely not. Shut, 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 shut your, shut your trap. Minnesota and Denver Sunday night football. Um, Nice little win for Denver. They've been they've been stringing together some good games, man. They've been stringing together some really really you know rectifying games here. They have been pretty damn good on defense over the last month of the season. They are not a team that's just a throwaway game whatsoever anymore. So when they play when you play Denver, um, you can get it done on the ground, but teams are struggling to get it done via the air against them, as you saw yesterday with Josh Dobbs. Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, the leading receivers, but Jordan Addison had a bad day. The backfield, Alexander Madison, I don't know. I thought he was fucking out. I thought he had a concussion. I thought he was out for the week. All of a sudden, he's not out, and he gets 18 carries. What are we doing out here? But luckily, Ty Chandler stayed involved. 10 carries for 73 yards, four catches for 37. So he still goes over 110 scrimmage yards despite Alexander Madison being active. Um, you could tell that their game plan was to run the ball a shit ton because the Denver Broncos' run defense is not great. They just kept pounding away. So it looks like it's a clear split going forward, but it's hard to trust either one of these guys given the fact that um, we don't know what's going to happen on the goal line. We don't know on a, on a given week how good the offense is going to be. So Madison's probably a low-end RB2. Chandler's probably closer to a low-end RB3 going forward. On the flip side, this was kind of an annoying split for Jamonta Williams owners, given the fact that Samaj Piran caught seven fucking passes here. Joel McLaughlin caught five passes here. 
Uh, Jamonta obviously outcarried them 11 to 1 to 1. But when you have those guys getting 12 targets in the passing game and Javante getting two, a lot of meat left on the bone there. Cortland Sutton continues to play really fucking well, man. Uh, another touchdown. I want to say that's like his seventh touch t- touchdown on the year. Let's look this up. Yeah, Tyreek Hill has nine. Cortland Sutton has eight now. Second in the NFL in receiving touchdowns. The guy's not going to crack fucking 900 receiving yards, but you know, eight touchdowns gets it done. Um, so Cortland Sutton continues to be startable. Jerry Judy continues to be terrible. That's really it. Marvin Mims, people are going to pretend. I, I, that that shit was incredible, like week one and week two. And people are, I remember like, who was it? There, there was people, on, someone on Twitter that was like bragging about having Marvin Mims ranked as their, their rookie wide receiver too. Like they thought they were sharp. I'm like, fam, I don't know if, if you know, but you just stabbed yourself. You just shot yourself in your head. That was the dumbest tweet I've ever seen. Um. Anyways, anywho. I think that's it. I think that's all we have for the week. That was a quick one. We ran through it because we had a lot of teams that, just, that were just terrible that we didn't learn a lot from. Like the Giants, I'm not going to waste my time being like Tommy DeVito's the truth now because we already know he's the truth now. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um, well, we I think we might have a little bit of a different schedule this week, given Thanksgiving week. Most of the guys in the office will be gone from Wednesday to Saturday. So JMO is going to film his rankings video this upcoming Tuesday. So tomorrow he's going to film his rankings video, which will go live Wednesday. So it'll be before the Thanksgiving games. I saw a why did a thumbs up just sneak in there right now? How dare you? Where do you get off? I finished the video. I ripped for 40 straight minutes. And then you give me a thumbs down. That's so disrespectful. Um, JMO's ranking video will be out Wednesday. Our trade target video, which is usually out Wednesday, will go live Thursday. And we probably won't put anything out Friday just because, you know, I do have family, believe it or not, that would like to see me. Also, believe it or not, I wouldn't want to see me, but they do. Um. What else we got going on? I don't know. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think most people's trade deadlines are this week also. Trade deadlines either end this week or end this upcoming week. Actually, it might be Monday. Drop in the in the comments actually right now. When does your when are your trade target or your trades uh One of your trade deadlines in your leagues. Yep, we're we'll everything uh, everything on the trivia channel will still be good to go. We're we're gonna film everything today and tomorrow, so it'll still be live all the way through like next Monday. Everything will be good to go. All right, we got eleven twenty nine, which is like ten days. Eleven twenty two, which is in a couple days. Trade de- trade deadline is today. This past Saturday. All right. So a lot of y'all are already done with fucking trades. Damn. Okay. Trade today's trade deadline in all of my leagues. So today. Ah, okay. We fucked up. We done fucked up. I'm sorry. My bad. It's not great.
All right, so we still got some people that have their trade deadline, so we'll, we'll still rip it off. We'll try to get it off as early Thursday morning as possible. All right, we're actually about to go film Deal or No Deal right now. I love you. Thank you guys for hanging out with me on this Monday. Waiver Wire rankings drop tomorrow at noon. So go over to bdge.co and become a big dog member. Love you. I'm out.